ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Bar Godcast. Uh, this is the second episode of our wrestling podcast themed around WWE's flagship pay-per-view, WrestleMania. I'm Lewis Clark and I'm joined once again by my cohort Andy Manson. Hello Andy. Good evening Lewis, how are you? Not bad. Yourself buddy? Ugh. Long weekend, can't complain. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, we are unfortunately down a man this episode. Uh, Louis can't be uh, joining us, unfortunately. But we're going to trudge on, um, you know, keep things rolling, keep things going. And we've got a lot to talk about. WrestleMania 2 is an interesting one. Um, <laughs> so let's kick straight into the action. Um, first off, there is no video package. Well, almost barely anything anyway to, uh, to kick this thing off especially in comparison to the previous Wrestlemania because uh, we had quite a long series of just highlight reel that was um, completely uh, um, uneventful um, but yes we just basically have the logo comes in nice little CG thing going on and straight into the action and lo and behold we're um, put right in the face of a young Vince McMahon joined by Susan St. James not what I was expecting um, I was very much expecting to see uh gene oakland and uh, ventura commentating once again yeah mm-hmm. so uh yeah bit bit jarring got to be said and um yeah I, I i it's it's not very obvious at first as to why you have a change of uh commentators but uh basically we'll explain it now because um otherwise it's going to become incredibly confusing throughout the throughout the pay-per-view um <laughs> w uh, wrestlemania 2 is taking part across three different um, venues for this show. So um, I think the idea is here is that the reason for this is probably down to all the celebrities that appear. Um, just trying to get them all under one roof, I think, would be a hard time. So they've basically just sort of booked things in the relevant areas so that everybody is covered. So yeah, this is taken across uh, three stadiums. So um, the three venues for tonight's um, escapades <laughs> are <laughs> the... Um, Nassau Veterans Memorials Coliseum in Uniondale, New York, the Rosemont Horizon in Rosemont, Illinois, and the Los Angeles Memorial Sports Arena in Los Angeles, California. So, yeah, yeah. Um, we're in for a lot of wrestling. (laughs) There's a a good 12 matches on this card, and if we compare it to the WrestleMania that's just gone, that was nine matches long, and two of them were on the pre-show, so you only really saw seven. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is a lot of wrestling, an awful lot of wrestling. And um, I don't know. Is this is this again sort of a product of this rock and roll era wrestling, in that they've just basically tried to cram as many things as possible into it, get as many celebrities involved as possible. Um, yeah, I, I think it's. I think it's very much as we'll go through this. Uh, look at other WrestleManias. This is very much a Vince McMahon thing, yeah, where yeah. he looks at what worked the previous year, and rather than realise that a lot of that was down to the wrestling. He looks at all the other things around it, yeah, and yeah. as a result, he thought the celebrities worked well last year. Let's cram even more of them in. And unfortunately, in this case, it's they're cramming them into situations they shouldn't have been cramming them into. I mean, Susan yeah, yeah. St. James, you know, God bless her. One didn't have a clue who she was. <laughs> oh, I was exactly the same. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Two, um, why was she commentating? Yeah, um, it's very strange because she calls like an awful lot of the results. Essentially, she just goes like, yeah. mm-hmm. "Oh, you know, 
face is going to win because he's the face. And it's a bit like, well, you know, try and make it a little bit ambiguous, Susan, <laughs> because it's it, it's a bit, um, you know, it it's it just becomes um, disappointing to watch because you're almost in you're almost absolutely certain as to what the outcome is going to be, um, especially on yep. the matches she's calling. Um, but yes, uh, kicking things off, we have the national anthem, as per normal, uh, American national anthem. And by God, was I uh, not expecting this at all. Ray Charles comes out and sings <laughs> the American national anthem. That's... Um, that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty special, actually. It's got to be said. It's a shame, actually, yeah. because he kicks off, and then there's a massive, great big dose of feedback, um, which I know it's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, what, what a shame. Offline ruin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, no, I mean, he he does Ray Charles being Ray Charles. Essentially, it's quite an interesting performance. Actually, I was really, I was really behind it. You, you yeah, get the, was... you get the typical mm-hmm. American patriotism all up on screen, which is a bit silly and daft. But... <laughs> yeah, that was. I mean, you had all the kind of patriotic images fading in behind them and so on, and then to end it, I, I don't know if you noticed on the still of Hogan at the end of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. There was a really kind of horrendous uh, digitized firework effect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Don't you could, understand what uh, was going on with that at all. That was utterly terrible. <laughs> um, uh, unfortunately, kind of set the tone for a lot of the show. But uh. <laughs> but yeah, there we go. Um, so that was kickoff essentially. So first up, we have our first promo of the evening. So uh, Roddy Piper comes up and he's interviewed. Um, it's a very sort of nervous, rambling promo actually, and. Um, no, no offense to Roddy, but he's not particularly good on the mic. He's he sounds like he's on something. <laughs> he's really sort of just rambling and um... yeah. Sam, he he's a good heel in a lot of ways. The promos are probably the thing that went him down the least, and it's perhaps not a surprise that not long after this event, he kind of turned face. Right. Okay. Because that could, uh, yeah, I mean. I mean, we'll, we'll obviously go into some of the slightly dodgy things he said in this promo, but... Well, um, yeah, this is the promo where he explains the stipulation for his match with Mr. T, so he's up yeah. for a boxing match later on. And uh, the stipulation is that if he loses, he has to shave his head like an Indian and paint himself black. Which, um, mm. as soon as he said it, I was like, oh dear, <laughs> this <laughs> is from a different time. Um so, I mean, I I can't I I can't talk about it too much. It's obviously massively offensive in this current day and age. But um, yeah, this was obviously yeah, what they were going for. Was... It's mm-hmm. uh, it's obviously um, his big feud with Mister T. Um, I mean, yeah. we'll we'll get to it because um, that match is actually the main event of the uh, sure. first first third of tonight's um, proceedings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, as as such a as such a, a weird promo in a lot of ways uh one uh there was also another line I don't, maybe this is just me being slightly dirty minded or maybe other people picked this up he was talking about all the things he would quit doing if he lost to mr t and one of them was he would quit dating girls he would just oh, stick yeah, to yeah. yoga oh. and i was thinking <laughs> okay right I, I think i know what you mean by that yeah, yeah. very uh, odd promo for a, a family show, mm, but um, so. the other thing that was odd, and this is it, it's weird talking to you guys about this, because this feels like I'm spoiling future events <laughs> but in Wrestlemania 6 um, Piper fights Bad News Brown 
Right. Who is a kind of tough, mean Harlem black wrestler. Yep. And Piper comes out half white and half painted black. Ooh. So there's there's real irony in the fact that he says he won't paint himself black during that promo as well. It's uh, yeah, that's ugh. well with the WWE, it's never say never, isn't it? Um, we've seen plenty no, of no. weird things yeah. come back on people. <laughs> but yes, um, regardless, that does not that promo does not lead into the match that they're um, promoting, essentially. It's a bit strange. This happens throughout the evening. The promos are just really sort of scattershot yes. around the place. And um, it's mm-hmm. it's really jarring, actually, because um, it, it really sort of breaks the flow of things. It's like, here's, here's an interview with people that are having a match tonight, and then cut away to something completely unrelated. And it, it doesn't... <laughs> it just doesn't get you hyped in any sort of way. So you don't really care about the match that's following it, because... It's not what you've just been hyped about. So it's yeah, uh, absolutely not. a very strange thing. But yes, mm-hmm. the first match of the evening is Paul Orndorff, who returns mm-hmm. from previous WrestleMania, and also yeah. the um, magnificent Don Racco with his yeah. um, rather stereotypical <laughs> manager in <laughs> Mr. Fuji, who is just an yeah. enormous Japanese man. Um, yeah. So yes, uh, this is uh, a singles match. It's mm-hmm. one of the more, I'd say... Um, it's well. It's still over pretty fast, but um, it's there's there's a little bit more a uh, little bit more meat to this as uh, some of the things that come up throughout the night. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's no promos for this whatsoever. Um, all the sort of um, background story you get is sort of in match, which is a bit of a strange thing. You know, it's that uh, sort of talking about the characters it, during the match. It's really sort of like distracting. Yeah, that was utterly bizarre. I mean, not even like the kind of did it kind of late 80s, early 90s, where they would have the little inset video of them. Yeah, yeah, no, it's just really strange. audio over the top of the match, and it was, mm. again, we'll we'll discuss the fact that this kind of happens over the duration of the night, but it mm-hmm. just seemed really poor production. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, like I said, and it's just this distracting from the action, to be honest with you. Like, at this yeah, point, mm-hmm. you just, you want to hear the commentators call, every, or call the spots and just, you know, enjoy it. But at the yeah. same time, there's this really distracting, bloody background voice going on, and it's, yeah, it's just not great. Uh, no, but the match not. itself, uh, I think it starts off pretty great. Um, I really like Orndorff, um, some pretty big slams from Orndorff, and mm-hmm. Um, it, the thing really sort of falls apart when it goes into armbar territory. Like most of the time, Orndorff <laughs> has Morocco in an armbar. He doesn't sell it. He doesn't look like he's in any pain whatsoever. And then it just sort of ends. It's really limp. And um, yeah, um, it's. Uh, I think it's. Who actually. Do they both just lose? Because it's a count out, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, they, basically the spell outside the ring, they have this uh, kind of middling brawl and yeah, eventually yeah. the ref disqualifies both of them I think it's a count out it might be a count out actually so you know um, even back then you know WWF slash E wasn't averse to bullshit endings at big well this is the thing exactly that and um, you're going to get an awful lot of this unfortunately tonight uh, because um, I think there is another DQ result and but yeah there's at least another one yeah yeah and it Again, we've we've said this before, but this shouldn't be happening at big pay-per-views, especially WrestleMania. These sort of matches are basically just sort of story matches, the sort of thing you yeah, get mm-hmm. in the week. I think it's main event at this point. Um, you, you know, that, that's the sort of stuff you say for those shows. And uh, it's, exactly. it's yeah, a really dull and 
pretty uneventful opening over in four minutes and um it's yeah just not nothing great it's got to be said um yeah the, 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 a few things i spotted during the match uh one uh, Vince pointing out that Don Morocco was sweating about two minutes into the match probably wasn't doing Don Morocco any favours. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> and he really was as well. Like they cut yeah, to him and he's just profusely. Mm. Um, having said that, uh, at one point during the match, you, you said that the slams from Ondorf were nice, totally correct. There was mm. also a pretty nice uh, Samoan drop in there from Morocco at one point, yes, which kind of surprised that. me mm. a little bit. Um, th- there was also. <laughs> The other two standout things from it, one was just Susan St. James. Again, I feel terrible. I feel like I'm dogpiling on this yeah, moment yeah. at this point. But uh, when at one point when Ondorf had Morocco in an armbar, she started talking about the fact that it was like he was delivering some kind of ancient Chinese techniques. Oh, God, like yeah. It was like... torture. Uh, it's... Again, just desperately trying to link into the fact that Mr. Fuji's there. He doesn't do anything, really, in the match at all. And it's just like... We need well, we need to make this man relevant somehow. <laughs> um, yeah, unfortunately, the way they chose to make him relevant was uh, the other really egregiously offensive thing of the night for me was when Paul Ondorf did the slanty eyes. Oh God, it's really, really just. I mean, it's painful it's, it's, to watch. It's, it's kind of beyond casual racism at that point. No, that, that exactly like you say, it is very much full in your yeah. face. Like, there's no call for that. Um, yeah. And again, like this is 1986, yeah. so I mean, it's it, it feels quite backwards even for the time. To be honest with you, um, I, I mean, mm. I know it's a different place and different standards and whatsoever. But um, yeah, like you said earlier, this is essentially a family event, and doesn't feel it. <laughs> no, doesn't feel it at all. Uh, well, no, and the thing is, I, I downloaded WrestleMania too. I didn't actually watch it through the network or anything, so I don't know if you caught this on the, the network feed or not. I caught but this over they, a stream, so yeah. Right, so when the match ended, there was a very loud, perhaps unsurprisingly, considering it's a New York crowd, uh, bullshit chant. Ah, yes, I did see that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we were <laughs> Which I didn't the expect to hear, but I was <laughs> just yeah, yeah, yeah. Was like, ah, good on you. <laughs> I, I didn't think that kind of thing happened back at 80s wrestling shows, but that was, that was pretty good. Well, this is the thing, because we were saying last time it was very sort of clear cut, you know, they check the crowd cheers for the faces and they boo for the heels. But again, yeah. mm-hmm. like you say, I'm glad you picked that up because, um, yeah, I, I was listening to it and I was like, hold on, they're saying bullshit. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I feel you. It's got to be said, guys. Um, Anyway, that is the end of the first match of the evening. We'll join again in a minute for Mr. T's first promo of the evening and our uh, our match with George Animal Steel versus Randy Savage. I'm not at all certain of what the referee has done here in this matchup. Fans certainly not liking the outcome of this one. Hello and welcome back. Right, so um, next up on the night's proceedings, we have a promo with Mr. T. Now, this is really strange because they're essentially calling the results during his promo. So (laughs) you can't actually hear an awful lot of what he's saying, which is a shame because I'd really like to hear what Mr. T's like on the mic. um, Because, you know, what with him being a TV personality, you you think he'd be quiet. um, You know, interesting to listen to. But Mm -hmm. he's just drowned out by the fact that you can... You can't hear anything we're saying because of all the results happening from the previous match. Because, yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah the the 
the, the countout sort of spills out of the match um, that it takes a little while for the referee to sort of call exactly what's happened. So yeah, um, it's just really shoddy. Yeah, it's just um, why 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 not just wait or you know wait and wait after or wait a little bit longer to call the result. It's just I'm I'm assuming it's because they're running to a schedule, so they can't really yeah. mm-hmm. uh, cut things around. But um, yeah, it was. Um, really distracting and basically just ruined the promo so yeah mm-hmm. regardless let's now move on to the next match of the evening which is with george the animal steel versus randy savage savage sorry uh with yeah. elizabeth and mm-hmm. um this match basically just becomes uh elizabeth essentially um so mm-hmm. uh i mean savage savage does a promo prior to this and it's good fun it's nice to see um uh, this is the first time I've obviously seen Randy Savage uh, throughout sure. things, yeah. mm-hmm. and um, I was really surprised actually to see him play a heel. Um, I assumed he was always a face. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know; it doesn't really suit his character. To be honest with you, I can tell at this point, like he—he's a better character, um, a better sort of cartoony face character because he's—he's he's really entertaining to listen to. Sure. Um, but yeah, I don't think the heel thing really works for him at all. Um, so the animal, um, we keep um, getting this from Vince, in that uh, he is this sort of savage, beast-like man <laughs> who is um, in love with Elizabeth, but um, at, is, he's you know they're not they're not together. So this becomes the the main sort of gimmick with this match is that he's running around trying to profess his love to Elizabeth and um, getting distracted, and then that gives Savage an opening to um, basically beat him down. Um, unfortunately, it's a little bit Scooby-Doo in that they spend <laughs> most of the match doing this, running around, going backwards and forwards, and it just sort of it exacerbates into this point where he's biting into a turnbuckle, pulling all the fluff out, and throwing it across the ring. And it's just, there's no real wrestling at any given point in no, this match. No. It is very much a case to, again, this is just storyline stuff. This is really, this is not the sort of thing you want to be filling your pay-per-view with. It's just baffling stuff. I really didn't enjoy this at all because it's just really silly to watch. I mean, like, the other thing they do with the animal as well is that uh, his his mannerisms are actually quite sort of dainty and camp. His, his arms are all sort of, like, limp. <laughs> yeah, it's was, just, yeah, that was odd. Yeah, very strange. And at one point as well, you get a really, really close-up shot. Um, I think... Uh, Savage is on the ropes, and you're looking right up his gooch. And I was just like, "Oh, can we can we move away from this, please?" <laughs> um, but yeah, it's. I think the only real interesting thing that happened for me personally was there was a big splash from the top rope. Um, yeah, but even then, it felt like it was botched. He sort of hits him in a weird way, and it's like, it's again. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not being sold this match, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, I think this ended. No, it, yo, it, it Savage won, but I think he he won by DQ, if I remember correctly. No, um, no, this was this was, this finish was actually a oh, repeat no, of I'm the reading... Hammer Junkyard Dog finish, yeah, which was yeah. uh, Savage putting his feet up on the ropes. That's it. That's it. I've, I've written in my notes actually that it should have been a DQ because <laughs> it yeah. just it felt like nobody really sort of got the upper hand at any given point. It was just sort of uh, rambling gimmicky match that served no yeah. purpose mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah I, I would have much preferred it if it just <laughs> ended in a count to be honest with you it was sure. pretty dull work um yeah it was i mean it wasn't a, a great match at all i thought there was a couple of decent wee points in it um macho man i prefer him like you as 
a face rather than a heel. But I mean, in terms of the heel work he did, it was kind of you know chicken shit stuff. It yeah. works quite well, especially when it's you know he's supposed to be up against this big scary man. Um, George Steele was at one point they were making this big deal about him biting uh, Savage's calf. Yeah, what yeah. they didn't point out is that he was actually doing it through his boot. <laughs> yeah, which probably just actually yeah. didn't feel of anything to be honest with you. Yeah. more just like a baby um, biting him. Yeah, Savage is uh is, is something you'll you'll see throughout the WrestleManias throughout his career. It's a very good seller of mm. uh offense. He, he he bumps well. He's quite sympathetic. Um so that that stuff he Savage made this match. That's yeah, yeah. basically what I'm trying to say. Um Oh, it sure as hell wasn't the animal. <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't. But um, the, the, what, the best part of the match for me is the first and only time I've ever heard this on commentary is at one point uh, George Steele kind of grabbed Randy Savage by the face. Yeah, yeah. At which point Vince said, oh, he's got a handful of face. <laughs> which I thought was a, you know, it was a nice wee twist on the handful of hair or the handful yeah, yeah, of trunks. Yeah. I'd never heard handful of face before. <laughs> it was what? It's a perfect description for it as well because like uh, the animal is a big, big dude, uh, great big meaty mitts. And uh, yeah, it really looked like he was <laughs> proper digging in there. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, again, nothing, again, a really sort of uneventful weird gimmicky storyline match and yeah. um i was yeah a bit disappointed with this this is an this is like two matches into the show now and we haven't really been given anything that sort of uh um grabbed you and as well we haven't actually mentioned that this match was actually the intercontinental title match yeah. so <laughs> you know like this is this is a title match and we're spending all this time running around outside the ring just <laughs> doing the chicken shit thing and it's just not fun at all no, um so yeah, uh, I mean, we'll talk about the next promo quickly before we move on to the next match. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yes, we have uh, Bill Francis, I think it is, or oh, have I got that wrong? Uh, Freilich. Freilich, sorry, that's the one. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. read my own handwriting. And uh, John <laughs> Studd, uh, and they're having a bit of a promo um, for the uh, 20-man Battle Royale, which is coming up yeah. s- mm-hmm. later mm-hmm. on in the show. And um, again... I would have really liked to have listened to this promo because it sounds like John Studd's quite good on the mic, but they get yes, interrupted. Yes. They're t- mm-hmm. spoken over again, and it's just like, is this running behind schedule or something? Because it's really strange that they keep sort of just interrupting. This should be establishing a really exciting match at this point, and if you're going to interrupt it and talk over it, then what's the bloody point? Um, yeah, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm the same as you. I, I thought what I could make out of it, John Studd came across pretty well. Came across pretty well at WrestleMania 1, I thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually thought Bill Freilich cut a pretty decent promo for a guy who's not a wrestler. Um, they, they kind of sold the aggro between those two yeah, yeah, pretty definitely. well. So, again, just really disappointing that the production values uh, let them down, unfortunately. Yeah, no, it's a, it is a real shame. And... Um... Yeah, I'd, I'd really like to avoid this <laughs> more going <laughs> onwards. But um, anyway, let's uh, take a break and then we'll reconvene for George Wells versus Jake the Snake Roberts. Down on his shoulder. It's all George Steele at the moment. Why did the referee trying to maintain a little order, but the animal's taken right off his feet. Look, the Macho Man's feet are on the ropes. I can't believe he got the three count. I can't believe that. 
Hello again. Right, now we return with uh, George Wells versus Jake the Snake Roberts. And again, mm-hmm. um, first time seeing both of these guys wrestle, and I've heard an awful lot about Jake the Snake. Um, yeah. I've actually, I was very much aware of him because I watched uh, Beyond the Mat a little while back. Uh, I don't know if you've seen uh, that. Of course, yeah, I have, yeah. That's, um, that's, that's a very bad uh... <laughs> portrait of Jake that's painted in that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was obviously aware with uh, with how his uh, career sort of uh, tails off, um, yeah. which is a shame. But um, yeah, I was obviously interested in seeing him in action. Now, um, this is pretty good, actually. Like, this this kicks off pretty quick. Uh, it's very fast, a lot of action. Um, but it's over within three minutes. It's really quick, really yeah, just... It's... It's another match that ends too abruptly for me. Don't get me wrong, I actually actually think this is probably the best match so far. Yeah, Um, yeah. George Wells, I must admit, I'd never heard of. And as far as I know, this was pretty... Yeah, I'm pretty certain this is his only WrestleMania appearance. Um, Not sure why. I was actually pretty impressed with him. Moved well for a big man. Thought he... um, he performed pretty well, took yeah, nice bumps, yeah. had some good offence. Um, and Jake, at this point, Jake's kind of a, a pretty standard heel. Um, yeah, so yeah. work gets much better um, as his career goes on. Um, yep, yep. Some really nice th- bits during the match for how short it was. Uh, George Wells had some really nice European uppercuts. Yep. Um, really surprised by the head scissors he delivered at one point, didn't he? Yeah, that? yeah, no, I was, um, th- that was pretty athletic, it's got to be said. Um, and yeah. it's, you know, they're both big guys. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a strange one. It ends very abruptly. Um, like I say, it's over in about three minutes. Yeah. And, um, the big gimmick with this is obviously, uh, Jake. I don't. I was about to say getting his snake out, but um, <laughs> I'll say it anyway. Um, but yes, he does get his snake out and uh, wraps it round George Wells' neck. And I thought this was pretty visceral, actually. Again, because this is you know we're trying to go for family entertainment here. It, it's he, he obviously takes um like one of the pills or something, but uh, Alka Seltzer or something. But it it, it 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 basically simulates the fact that he's foaming at the mouth from being strangled by the by the snake, and it's yeah, it's really like oh, I was like taken aback by it quite a bit. Um, quite shocking to see, really. Um, yeah, I wonder if I wonder if actually a few other people felt the same as you did because pretty much almost immediately after that they they narrowed all that back. I mean, at points during that kind of end sequence, Jake was. It wasn't just that Jake put the snake round George Wells's neck. He was he was actually practically choking him out with the snake. Yeah, yeah. No, he's really At points really uh, hands on with it. Like I was quite surprised and I, I thought you know, he'd have enough training to obviously handle the thing, but I didn't realise he was gonna be that sort of aggressive with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jake was Jake. You'll see a lot. There was a lot of classic Jake stuff in there. Um, flailing misses when he was uh, taking punishment. Um, good bumper again. Sells pretty well. Uh, he, he delivered a really good knee lift towards the end of the match. Um, he delivers a piss poor leapfrog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> always has, always did. Mm. Uh, would imagine always will now. Mm. But um, it was it was good to see the the DDT as a finisher again because at the time no was no one was using it. DDT was legit one of the most dangerous looking finishers. Yeah, yeah. And it's been 
for me personally, it's been disappointing to see that move proliferated so much that it basically it's a standard move now. Because yeah, at yeah. the time, you know, you knew when that was hit, that was finished. So um, yeah, it was a pretty good match, but like you said, it's just it's too short. Oh, very much so. And it's yeah, again, a shame because this is about as much you know, fast, aggressive action as we have it all night so far. But, um, yeah. yeah, that is the third match of the night from the Nassau Coliseum. Uh, we get a couple of promo packs now. So uh, the first one is actually, I think, the first video pack we've seen throughout the entire... Um, we, did, we certainly didn't have one in WrestleMania 1. Um, yeah. But, yeah, basically just sort of establishing the uh, backstory between uh, Mr. T and Roddy Piper leading into this uh, boxing match. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and, yeah, nothing special. Basically just fills you in as to what's going on. But then we get the first of three Hogan promos this evening. <laughs> with uh, This one with Ventura alone. Um, and this is actually really enjoyable, I thought. I think it's really entertaining. Uh, both absolutely fantastic on the mic. Um, yeah, I don't know what the hell Ventura is doing with his get-up at the moment. It looks like he's wearing a bead curtain around his head. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he certainly looks uh, interesting. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah. But, yeah, Hogan's... I mean, when you see him like this, you can completely understand why he was the face of the company for so goddamn long. He is amazing on the mic. He really sells this. Um you're really rooting for him by the end of it. It's just, he is the American hero at the end of the day. He really does work that character so damn well. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, but as again, this doesn't proceed the match that it's promoting. <laughs> it's really weird. Yeah. Yes. Um, Bizarre. It is very odd. But anyway, let us take a break again once again, and we will rejoin where we have a boxing match between Mr. T and Rowdy Roddy Piper. George. Oh, he's not going to put it on him. No. Oh, he wrapped it underneath him and back around. Look at that. That's a python. He has it wrapped all over George Wells. Right, and we are back. So this boxing match has an awful lot of celebrity names to attach to it. <laughs> so first up, we get Joan Rivers, of all people, looking pretty young and not plastic, uh, <laughs> as the guest announcer for the thing. And... Um, so I'm trying to remember now. I think so. The people she introduces are Daryl Dawkins, who's an NBA player, and Who has, has the, the uh, rather unfortunate name of Chocolate Thunder. <laughs> Again, this is a different era, man. Um, yeah. One of the judges is bloody Cab Calloway. I was like, yeah. holy shit! <laughs> the names <laughs> attached to this absolutely mad. Yeah. Um, Gordon Liddy is one of the judges. I get, I'm not massively familiar with a lot of these people. Well, and... well, this is the thing. I don't know if I heard this right. Did they suggest that he was actually one of the judges for Watergate? Did they? I could have swore they said Watergate judge G. Gordon Liddy. Bloody hell. Um, I didn't catch that. It's got to be said. That is that really bizarre. Really bizarre connection. I mean, why? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then I'm assuming some sort of TV personality, Herb, as the timekeeper. Um, oh, which, again, and these people play absolutely no real sort of relevance to the match whatsoever. They're just <laughs> there as names. But yeah, on to the match. So Mr. T comes out with, of all people, the High She Kid and Joe Goddamn Frazier as his sort of manager. Um, so, you know, this is possibly one of the most legendary boxers of all time coming out. I think it's I think it's T who comes out with Frazier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I think I said that. Um, but 
what I found really confusing about Frazier's get-up is he's yeah. wearing plaid shorts, and they look like he should be sort of in Piper's corner. Yeah, I must admit, I'd see if I didn't already know the result, and if it was in modern times, I'd have been just waiting for the Fraser heel turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very strange. <laughs> very strange. Um, and then Rowdy Roddy Piper comes out with Bob Orton and Lou, uh, Lou Duva. Um, mm-hmm. So, this... <sighs> I mean, how, let's let's put it this way. How do you feel about boxing at WrestleMania in general? Because this becomes um, a, quite a frequent mm. thing, actually, over the years. Um, and yeah, there's, um, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, the overriding memory for me of boxing at WrestleMania is watching Bart Gunn get sparked the fuck out by Butterbean <laughs> at yeah, WrestleMania yeah. 15. I remember that one distinctively. Um, um, yeah. So that yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how I feel. I understand it to an extent. I mean, when you see the match, and I think they eventually built it into his character. They kind of claimed that Roddy Piper was a previous winner of the Golden Gloves, right, right. Which I'm assuming isn't true. However, you can tell Piper may have boxed at some point in his career. Yeah, yeah. He I mean, had very good boxing form. Both... And obviously, Mister T, they sold the whole clever Lang thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, both look pretty decent you know as boxers it's got to be said i mean they they're, they're yeah. not they're not exactly the tightest by any means they they they're still no. pretty sloppy and they really yeah. throw their arms around like nutters um but <laughs> this lasts four rounds um first one is pretty slow going then you have a round each of mr t and roddy piper being you know one up in each other um and then in the final match, it basically just, uh, sorry, final round, it basically just sort of explodes. Uh, yeah. Piper comes out, of the, comes into the match by throwing his stool across the ring at Mr. T. And it does look like it hits him in the leg pretty hard. Yeah, um, I can only assume that that stool may actually have been like plastic or yeah, yeah, or rubber he, or something because it really, it really fires it. Mm, yeah, definitely. Right, proper goes across like, uh, like a football or something. Um, but yeah, and then. Essentially, it ends in a disqualification because Piper just goes full heel turn, body slams Mr. T into the into the <laughs> ring, and yeah, the ref's having none of it. And that's that. Um, so, technically, Mr. T wins by disqualification by Roddy <laughs> Roddy Piper, but yeah. it it didn't feel really like anybody won. To be honest with you, it was it was pretty evenly matched. I like the fact that they really sold Piper as a heel. He was very. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, his mannerisms and characteristics are, are, are great for it. He's a lot better than he is on the on the mic. It's got to be said. Yeah, yeah. Um, but for me, the whole thing just felt out of place and uh, a bit jarring because I don't think boxing really has ever gotten well at um, wrestling events. It's it's a bit it's a bit of a strange turn of events, and you've got a kind of it's strange because as well. They're trying to sell this as a proper boxing match, but it's very <laughs> yeah. much a scripted event. There's certain things that have to happen, and the fact that one one you know boxer spends the time sort of in the driving seat in one round, and then the other in the other round, it just feels it just felt a bit sort of um, it was written basically. The whole thing felt yeah, written. It's, it's, the, it's the same problem you always get with these things. Um, in this case, you know, in, in boxing. If a boxer was taking seven or eight unanswered punches to the head, the oh. fight's over. The referee jumps in, yeah, but of yeah. course the referee's doing nothing in this match apart from watch Roddy Piper apparently just pepper 
Mr. T with shot after shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's difficult to take it seriously at that point. Mm. I mean, well, at, at this point, both of them are wrestling, so they're obviously not putting their full weight behind those fists because, yeah. I mean, they are mm-hmm. swinging their arms pretty hard, it's got to be said, but they're obviously doing the open hand sort of fist yeah. thing, mm-hmm. um, and it's just not doing the damage. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I thought this was a bit disappointing, to be honest with you. It just felt like a, a, a very long bit of filler, unfortunately. Um, it's a good 13-odd minutes long um, yeah. Four rounds. I mean, when they called it, it was like this is this is a ten round match. I was like, oh <laughs> god, I really hope it isn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah. Um, again, I I was a bit disappointed by this. It just felt slow and lumbering, and very yeah. much like a written thing. So again, it was just rather than the match itself, which is what you hope you'll kind of be paying attention to. I was paying attention to some of the, the kind of outside stuff. Mm. At one point in the second round, perhaps again, the New York crowd started chanting for Piper. Yeah, yeah. There was definitely Roddy, Roddy chants going on. Oh, yeah, point. yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, we uh, there are some chants for T sort of near the end of it because... Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, I, but at the same time, it's very much a case of... there's There's nothing... I mean, they're trying to sell Piper as a heel at this point because, yeah, he, he very much does. He, he does all these things where he's pushing him around in the in in the breaks and stuff, and yeah. um, just generally being an arsehole. But uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's so there's there's never a point where it feels like one man has the other hand uh, upper hand. They but they both get a, they they both get a chance in the in the saddle essentially, and um, then it just ends in a DQ. So yeah, there you go. So yes, that was uh, the main event from the Nassau Coliseum. We will rejoin with our first event from the Rosemont Horizon, which will be the fabulous Moolah versus Velvet McIntyre. Oh, wait a minute. Come on. Uh-oh. Oh, wait a minute. I knew this was coming. I knew it. Well, why isn't Jordan Liddy, isn't he a judge? He's running to the wrestling. Look at this, all the men in there. Oh, come on. Right, hello, we're back once again with our first match from the Rosemont Horizon, and this is a women's uh, championship match with the fabulous Moolah and Velvet McIntyre. Now, first thing first, let's talk about the change in commentary once again. So, um, for the next four matches, we are um, blessed <laughs> with uh, commentary by Kathy Lee Crosby um, and Gorilla Monsoon. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to remember. Is this are they joined by someone else? Yeah, they're joined by Mean Gene. That's it. Yep, Gene Oakland is there as well, uh, which is a strange one because I would have thought you would want a part Oakland um, partner Oakland up back again with Ventura because they've got a nice yeah. rapport. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I couldn't quite get my head around this one, and they established straight off the bat that Kathy Lee Crosby has not really watched any wrestling before, <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, she doesn't really have much insight at any given point, it's got to be said. Um, so it's basically up to Gorilla Monsoon and Gene Oakland to call this. Yeah. But yes, um, this is the fastest match of the evening in the fact that it's over mm-hmm. in under one and a half minutes, which is a real damn shame because straight off the bat, I was really enjoying Fabulous Moolah wrestling. I didn't think <laughs> yeah. she could hold herself. At the, I mean, she's getting on already at this point in her career. And yeah. mm-hmm. she is snapmaring McIntyre across the ring. Like There's a good four snapmares, I think, like back to back. And yeah. mm-hmm. she's really got a handful of hair. And it just mm-hmm. looks so <laughs> aggressive. Um, yeah. 
But then McIntyre sort of like uh, gets a gets a gets a wind of her own, and uh, I think there's a good um, suplex at some point uh, from McIntyre. I can't remember yeah. uh, correctly, but regardless, they're really going at each other pretty well. Um, it's nice and fast, lots of action, really aggressive. But then all of a sudden, Moolah's pinned McIntyre, and it's all over. <laughs> and it didn't seem there was there was nothing that I I, th- I would have thought you know maybe there would have been like a a heel sort of weapon like attack yeah, or yeah. something to get to get a pin that quick, um, but it just it just it's almost like McIntyre just gives up, and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Moolah gets a forearm right in her face, and uh, yeah, it's a one two three, and that's that. Which is a real yeah. shame because, especially off the back of the the women's match we had in the last WrestleMania, which we, I'm pretty sure we were all in agreement that I mean, that was a real sort of slow sort of just yeah n- not interesting match in any sort. This 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 felt like it had potential and it was really sort of aggressive. I was yeah, I was behind it's... it earlier on and it was just over too fast. Yeah, there was. I mean, there was there was some there was some pretty good stuff in that. Um, there was unfortunately also some uh, some pretty bad stuff. Velvet McIntyre. Don't actually know if she's Irish or not, but they could not have picked anyone who looked more stereotypically Irish. Right, right. Uh, very pale, yeah, ginger yeah. hair. They, 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 they sent her in barefooted. I don't know if that was some kind of uh, knock against the Irish or what. It um, does say that she is Irish Canadian. So uh, ah, right, okay. yeah, they were probably playing that up a little bit. Um, yeah, um, Velvet's uh, one-legged drop kicks were were pretty terrible. Mm. Uh, as much as they tried, <laughs> Gorilla Monsoon, bless him, said what beautiful one-legged drop kicks they were. <laughs> they actually tried to sell them as being yeah. that way. But um, and yeah, as you said, I mean, the finish was ridiculous. The finish was basically Velvet McIntyre missing a splash. And Moolah going, okay, I'll have some of this cover done. Yeah, um, really weird end to the match. I, I another weird ending, unfortunately. Mm. It was, it's, it's just a shame because it felt like it had potential. Like, um, it, uh, like I said earlier on, I was really impressed with Moolah's snapmares. I think she was really aggressive, and it would have just been nice to watch it a little bit longer. But ho hum, that was over in one minute and twenty five seconds, um, <laughs> which is ridiculous to hear myself say. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to take a break. Let's carry on with the next match because sure. we just <laughs> there's there's no there's not much else we can actually say about that match, and it feels like a a bit of a pointless waste to just go straight in. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, mm-hmm. let's anyway. Let's yeah, let's talk about the next match, which is between Corp, Corp, Corporal Kirshner and Nikolai Volkov once again, yeah. um, mm-hmm. c- accompanied with uh, Classy Freddie Blassie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, sorry about the English accent. I'm not pronouncing Classy as Classy. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is a flag match, um, and which is a bit of a strange one because at no point really does it feel like that's a big part of what's happening. <laughs> they come no, out with their flags, but it just feels like it's their gimmick, essentially. It doesn't feel like they're actually fighting to raise the flag at any given point in this match. Yeah. Um, mm. And again, this is over ridiculously fast. Two minutes and five seconds. Um, uh, I don't remember what I actually wrote down in this. Um, I do, again, I really like Volkov's um, gimmick with the national anthem. It, create, it creates <laughs> yeah. a lot of heat on him, which is brilliant, which is what you want for a, for a heel. Um, Corporal Kirshner is enormous. Like uh, this, this is the first point, and then yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. "This man is built." Um, yes, and yeah, it's 
it's a fast match. There's plenty of action. It's good fun to watch, but it has mm-hmm. that. The I think it's the same. We had this uh, with the previous match with um, Volkov and uh, Sheik in WrestleMania One. It's one. Yeah. It's won by a, a cheap shot essentially. So, um, uh, Freddie Blassie sort of throws in uh, his walking stick to help out Volkov, and um, yeah, yeah. He uh, Kirshner catches it and then just plows it into Volko's head and get, <laughs> catches the win. Um, yeah. It was fun. I just felt like it was over too fast again. It was, um, it was, again, lots of potential, but just really disappointing at the end of the day. I really liked that there was lots of big swinging arms and stuff, and it, it looked really sort of dangerous. And yeah, it felt like some, you know, something was really going to kick off. And yeah, it was, it was over once again with a pretty cheap shot. Yeah, a couple of things spotted during the match. Uh, one, as much as Corporal Kirshner was actually okay once he got in the ring and stuff, I mean, he's built up and all that. It just it just uh, unfortunately proved to me that some Americans will cheer any old patriotic bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think I mentioned this in the, the first uh, cast, is that Volkov... In a lot of ways, really reminded me of Rusev, not because of the Russian thing, but in mm. terms of the style yeah, of wrestling yeah, yeah. and so on. Um, he's got that lovely sort of big barrel-chested sort of you know weightlifting look about him. And yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I know I can totally see what you mean. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that was a, that was a decent enough match. But again, just the problem we had, and I guess it is a problem when you're trying to fit twelve matches into three hours and yeah, give yeah. a bit more time to certain matches, as that a lot of them are just too short. Yeah, no, it's a shame. Um, but yes, that is the end of the sixth match of the evening, the uh, second at the Rosemont Horizon. Uh, we're going to take a break, and we're going to talk about possibly one of the more uh, important matches of the evening. And it's strange mm-hmm. that this isn't actually the main event for this, um, this portion of the section. Uh, it is the 20-man Battle Royale. Stop the big Russian, and another one, and a third one, and he goes down to one knee. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Gino. Over the monsoon, Corporal Kirshner is is bleeding from the forehead. Well, I know it's not hard to understand. He got rammed right in that slip out. Referee went down. Referee down. And both men slugging away left and right. Oh, look at this. Blassi through the game. He got it. Talk about your double cross and backfires. It happened right here. Classy asked for that one. Don't you agree, Kathy Lee? Hello once again. So now we return for the 20-man battle royale, which includes um, a very strange selection of NFL players and um, established wrestlers. So let's go through everybody that's included in this match. So for the NFL side, we have Jimbo Covert, Ernie Holmes, Harvey Martin, Bill Fralick, William Refrigerator Perry, who becomes uh, one of my favourites of the evening, um, <laughs> and Russ Francis. And then on the WWE side, we have King Tonga, Jim Prunzel, uh, Jim Prunzel, I think that's it, yep. yeah. Uh, Tony Atlas, uh, Pedro Morales, uh, Ted Arcidi, Dan Spivy, Hillbilly Jim, uh, Brian Blair, The Iron Sheik, Bruno San Martino, uh, Big John Studd, Jim Neidhart, Bret Hart, and... Andre the Giant, and we're still very much selling Andre as a big, big face at this point. So, um, yeah, they spend an awful lot of time introducing this. So we've got some, again, some celebrities 
Um, Claire Peller as the timekeeper. I don't know who that is, but she's ancient. No. <laughs> <laughs> I cut to her and it's like, whoa, okay. I think, <laughs> she, I think she may be the, where they got that phrase, where's the beef? Right, from. okay. I know that's a pretty big American phrase. I don't know why, but it would appear that she was mouthing that incoherently yeah, when yeah. they introduced her. Very strange. Um, and then someone called Dick Butkiss, which uh, gave me a good laugh, that's got to be said. Um, <laughs> I can't... Is it Ed Tootle Jones is one of the refs? Um, yeah. But yeah, it's... Um, it's it's a strange old match. So basically, the idea is is we're pitting a load of NFL players against some wrestlers for about yeah. one hour, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's a strange one because this had the potential to be a lot of fun, but because there's twenty odd people jammed into a ring, nobody yeah. can get any sort of like leverage. Um, it's really slow. An awful lot of this match is spent again with just people against the ropes trying to push each other over. <laughs> yeah. There's not actually a lot of a lot of wrestling until it starts to thin out. Um, one of the things. I was interested in quite a bit is that uh, the Hart Foundation comes out, and this is the first time I've seen uh, Bret Hart uh, wrestle. Yes, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. because yeah, he was kind of before my time. I think I would have well, if I had come into the Attitude Era, it would have been pre Montreal Screwjob, so I wouldn't have seen him wrestle. Um, so yeah, it was um, nice to see. It's got to be said, uh, and the yeah. Hart Foundation actually play quite an important part of this. They were in it for quite a long time. Um, in fact, I think they're down to the wire, aren't they? Actually. They yeah, are they the, are. Yeah, their final three, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's a strange one. It's it spends an awful, awful lot of time um, with just bodies against ropes trying to push each other out. Um, they really call uh, refrigerator an awful lot during this match. They're really behind yes. him, mm-hmm. uh, as is the crowd, because I think he's um, he's homeboy essentially um, with, mm-hmm. the, with the team that he plays for, which I have no interest in whatsoever. <laughs> um, but I actually, he was actually pretty in, entertaining to watch actually, because he's, he's a strange sort of, uh, he's a strange build because his chest, he's got a big old barrel chest. He's obviously clearly yeah. a very mm-hmm. uh, strong guy, but then he's got this huge gut on him. <laughs> he's, um, he's a bit of a, he's, yeah, he's clearly strong, but at the same time, not particularly in shape. Um, sure. yeah. But no, he, he he's very fun to watch, um, and he gets a great little moment where he's eliminated by Big John Studd, I think, if I remember correctly. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he goes to sort of like, a, you know, do the sportsmanship thing, shake his hand, you know, you know, you, you were a good wrestler, and then pulls Big John Studd out of the ring as, <laughs> from outside, and that counts as an elimination, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah. We basically, I think the NFL guys are wiped out pretty sharpish. Um, I think, yeah, yeah, in fact, a refrigerator is the last one in before it's down to the final three wrestlers, uh, which consist of Jim Neidhart, Bret Hart, and Andre the Giant. Mm -hmm. And as I said earlier, Andre is very much uh, one of the big faces of the company, so he was always going to kind of win it, to be honest with you, which is a shame because uh, we were talking about it last time and that he didn't look particularly in shape. He looks bad here. He looks very big and yes. very tired, um, mm-hmm. which was a shame because he is such a specimen, it's got to be said, but it's just, I, I, could, I wasn't convinced. It's like, I mean, it, it was always going to be hard work shifting that dude over the top ropes, but I just don't feel like he deserved that win in the slightest. It was, um, It was very just... 
I'm a big immovable object. You're not going to stand a chance against this, which is a shame. It would have been nice if we had a nice moment of uh, a good few wrestlers sort of gang up on him and take him out early or yeah. something mm-hmm. like that. Just just, just to keep things a little bit more interesting and fresh because, um, yeah. Yeah, I think pretty much the, the, the minute they said, I think they said it pretty early into the Battle Royal, that Andre had never lost a Battle Royal. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was pretty obvious at that point he was, he was never going to be. He's never going to be eliminated, and I, mm. yeah, I'm with you. I think it's a shame, um, but I suppose uh, Andrea eventually passed over the torch, so to speak, at the next WrestleMania. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't personally have a problem with him having his his moment here. Yeah, yeah, it's just a shame because, um, as as if I mean, as you've pointed that out, that sort of, this is sort of like the last hurrah. Um, yeah. It's just a shame that it ends on this, you know, because um, it's again like um, later on in uh, wrestling, uh, Mick Foley spends an awful lot of his career sort of chasing that last great match, and he yes. probably should have had it a long, uh, a long time before he actually decided to call it mm-hmm, quits. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, and yeah, it's it's just a shame, really. You you see some of your favorite wrestlers deciding to drag things out for God knows how how long, and um, yeah, Andre's definitely looking tired at this point and it really mm-hmm. it's just a shame that yeah this is one of his last big wins and I didn't feel like he deserved it so there you go no. yeah um, yeah and, and other things during the match yeah you've, you've talked about the, the fridge yeah I really liked the point where he kind of double football tackled the heart foundation mm-hmm. and it was like oh shit he might actually do this yeah and then, yeah uh, and then how he got eliminated, I thought, was how most of the NFL players get eliminated, and I thought it was quite a nice wee storyline within the Battle Royal of the, the fact that the NFL players, just by virtue of their size yep, yep. and their agility and so on, were able to kind of hold their own, but the minute you got them into positions where they needed wrestling ability to survive, none of them had it. Yeah, yeah. And so that ended up being where the wrestler's experience kind of came in. I thought that, I thought that was that was pretty good. Uh, it, was, it was a decent wee match, but again, like you said, it's um, it's battle royals are are never going to be classics. No, no, because they're just they they never really feel like they pick up any steam, um, which is a shame. Yeah. And in a weird way, it was kind of this was one of the few matches where it felt like Kathy Lee Crosby actually had something that was worth um, saying because she's obviously familiar with the football side of things and was obviously rooting yeah. for certain mm-hmm. wrestlers and stuff. And uh, oh, sorry, uh, certain footballers, um, mm-hmm. but then. At the end, she's sort of like saying, "Like, oh, you know, I didn't realize that the wrestlers would be this big. I didn't realize they'd be that, this athletic and aggressive. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sold on wrestling, sort of thing." And it's like, "Oh, okay, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I can, I can see why you've chosen her in a in a strange way." But at the same yeah, time, she just, doesn't really add much. No, just for that line, she was of a better choice than she was St. James or Jones. Or yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Forgotten. Um, but yeah, there you go. So that is the seventh match of the night. And coming up next is the main event from the Rosemont Horizon. And that is the tag team championship match between the British Bulldogs and the dream team, Greg Valentine and Brutus Beefcake. Andre the Giant doing a number right now on the Hart Foundation. But don't forget, it's still two against one. The anvil shot in. Oh, the big boot. And the anvil over the top and he's gone. Look at the headband on the top turnbuckle. He's caught. What's Andre going to do with him? That's it. Oh, he threw him right down on the anvil. It's all over. He is the giant. 
Welcome back. We now are dealing with the Tag Team Championship match between the British Bulldogs and the Dream Team. Um, so the British Bulldogs are Davey Boy Smith and the Dynamite Kid, and they are joined by their managers, in inverted commodores, um, Ozzy Osbourne, of all people, and Captain <laughs> Lou Albano, Mr. Super Mario himself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was really surprised to see Ozzy Osbourne come out, it's got to be said. But again, as you say, this is uh, rock and roll era WWE, so... Um, I can't suppose it kind of makes sense. Um, but yeah, Ozzy looking not bad, actually, considering um, he's pretty much in uh, alcoholism mode at, any, at a given, given point at this yeah. time in his career. Uh, he holds it together quite well, and um, yeah. he has a nice little thing at the end. But we'll get to that as we go through it. And then the Dream Team, Greg Valentine and Brutus Beefcake, with their manager, Johnny Valiant. Um, so... Let's talk about this match in great depth because this was fun. Um, so yeah. Bulldogs are just incredible to watch. I this Again, first time seeing them. Um, they are fast. This was like watching a modern tag team match. They are really athletic. Lots of high flyers. Um, just... And just some great weight to everything, and everybody sells it. Um, everybody plays their part so well in this. Like, um, there's not a, there's not a point in any of the match where I thought that um, like some of the submissions and things were you know not painful at any given point, yeah. and mm-hmm. all, the, all the drop kicks and like um, back body slams and stuff were just really really fun and really satisfying. Um, yeah. I was. In my element with this, I thought this was fantastic. I, 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 one of my favourite parts of the match actually as well was um, Oakland. Um, Aussie, Aussie is shaking at ringside. I was like, yeah, of course he's shaking. He's bloody boozed up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I've, actually, I've actually written that down as a note. I've written Mean Gene, Aussie is shaking at ringside. And I'll put after it, DT's question mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, early onset. Um, but... Um, yeah, this this is just so much fun. I was really, really impressed with this. Like, if you were to show someone a classic wrestling match and, you know, you wanted to give them a good example of, you know, what it was like at its height, um, I would happily bring, bring this one out of the bag. It was just so much fun and really intense and it never felt like it let up at every given point. There was not really any slow moments. Uh, there's, I mean, like, there was a few... Later on in the match, where sort of Greg Valentine's in the ring for quite a long time, desperately trying to get yeah. a tag mm-hmm. to Brutus, um, it felt like it was perhaps slowing down slightly. But again, like once they get the hot tag, Brutus is in there, and it really sort of like changes the the game a bit. Oh, just everybody played this so damn well. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's um, yeah, th- th- it beats such a great match. Slightly depresses me when you think about the fact that. Both the Bulldogs are unfortunately now no longer with us. And mm. is, is Brutus still? I don't know. Uh, let's have a quick look. I can yeah. sure I can find that. Yeah, but um, you're right. I mean, it was such a solid match. Um, like I said, even at this point, another part of depression, even if Brutus is still with us. If Brutus is still with us, so yes. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Okay. Um he was really solid at this point. Mm-hmm. And it was a shame to see him devolve into a gimmick not too long after because eventually he got lazy with it. Um, didn't bother kind of trying to improve his craft or anything. Yeah, didn't yeah. really have to, to be fair. He was getting paid for walking around making scissor motions. <laughs> that's, that's just, you know, I wish I could get paid for doing that. <laughs> but, um, 
The real standout of the match for me is a uh, dynamite kid. That's just, just unbelievable. Mm. Uh, everything was so crisp, so on point. Yep. Uh, didn't botch a single thing. Never looked like botching a single thing. No, no, not at all. Took the bump at the end of the match with an absolute hero. I mean, he didn't it just. D- d- like it, it this is the thing. Down I'll, in installments. I've, I've got a note actually, and that that bump. I'm, yeah. I'm. I was. I'm not entirely convinced that that was just him selling it. It really did look like he was injured because, like, uh, at the end of the match, they're trying to interview the guys because obviously they've just won the tag team titles, and um, they can get some words out of Davy Boy Smith. But Dynamite Kid is just like really holding his head. He's out of the ring, and he's like, it didn't look didn't look like he was he was with us. (laughs) Uh, No, no, and yeah, because it looked like they were kind of. Stalling for time to see if they could get him in the ring. At yeah, the end yeah. I was, I was too much. I, I would say um, that boy uh, probably took a bump too hard. Um, and yes. again, you've got to remember, like uh, there isn't really any sort of padding outside the rings at this point. There are actually concrete floors. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think uh, Dynamite Kid definitely took one for the team there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but oh god, this was so much fun. And um, yeah, I. I in a weird way, I kind of liked the uh, celebrity endorsement because at the end, uh, Ozzy gets to sort of call it, and he he gets a bit of an interview moment, and he, yeah. he does mm. he does his he's old yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was like, excellent, that's all he wanted out of Ozzy. So um, no, really, really fun, uh, absolute highlight. Uh, it's the only uh, the real shame for me is the fact that this is the eighth match of the night, and it feels like the first time we've actually watched something that was really worth watching. Um, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, it's it's actually. Surprising as well in that this is a longer match than the bloody Battle Royale that just came in prior to it. This was 13 <laughs> minutes long, whereas the Battle Royale yeah. was only nine. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I'd have, I'd have happily seen that match go another 10. Oh, definitely. No problem. Definitely. Because, yeah, well, because at that point, all four of them had the kind of engines where they could have gone another 10 minutes easily, I yeah, think. Yeah. In fact, one of the, it's funny, it ended up becoming one of the kind of staple commentary lines from Gorilla about the hammer. Mm. Um, was the fact that the longer a match went, the better the hammer got. It was like it took him a wee while to warm up. Yeah, yeah. I can, I can actually quite believe it. Mm-hmm. But um, the only thing that bothered me about the match was I was always slightly unsettled by how often Gorilla called Brutus the beefer. Oh right. <laughs> uh, that was that was uh, that was <laughs> slightly unsettled me for some reason. <laughs> but yeah, that easily best match of the night. Oh, hands down, hands down. I think we're gonna just have to call it now. To be honest with you, it's not. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's I mean, easily both of our favorite matches. Um, yeah, from tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there we go. So that is the main event from the Rosemont Horizon. Uh, we'll take a short break where we will now rejoin at the Los Angeles Memorial Sports Arena for Ricky Steamboat versus Hercules Hernandez. The Hammer taking a big chance here. Probably could have had a three count. Davy Boy perched up on that second rope. What's he thinking about? Oh. Holy Moses rammed right head first. And got it's over. 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 It's
a set of commentators per arena, and we are joined by Lord Albert Hayes once again, uh, Jesse Ventura, finally on the mic, thank God, and of all people, Elvira, which I was <laughs> like, oh, okay, um, do you know what, I'm not going to complain too much, because Elvira does something to me. <laughs> um, so yes, uh, this is a strange one, it's got to be said. Um because I think this is probably the strongest commentary of the, all the three sections mm-hmm. um, throughout this, but they have an awful lot of mic problems. I don't know if you got that with your... Uh, yes. There's lots of feedback. Yeah, sort of absolutely. Mm-hmm. Stump, these really sort of big thuds, and then they cut out for a little second or so. Um, yeah. It's a bit strange. I don't know what's going on here. And at one point as well, Ventura almost loses his voice, um, which is an <laughs> interesting one. Um, but yes... Hercules Hernandez versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Now, um, I mentioned this actually in the break. This uh, arena would appear to be half empty, <laughs> which is very, very strange because this yeah. is the mm-hmm. this is the arena where Hogan is. This is your face of the WWE at this point, and um, you can't fill the arena for him. That's a bit of a strange and almost worrying thing that's going on down here. Yeah, again, as, 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 I, met, as I said during the break as well, unfortunately, they didn't think this one through. Los Angeles has just never been a wrestling town, and yeah. uh, this would this would unfortunately appear to to bear that out. So, yes, it's a, it's a shame as well, because um, this, this match in particular really kicks off this segment in a big way. I really, mm-hmm, really enjoyed mm-hmm. this one, actually. And it yeah. feels like we've finally got some steam now. We've finally got into the flow, um, because off the back of the last match, to, to, to then have another great sort of singles match off the back of this. Um, yeah. Well, sorry, not another great singles match. It is just another match, but it just happens mm-hmm. to be a singles match. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was really impressed with this. Um, I mean, we really enjoyed Steamboat in uh, WrestleMania 1, and yeah. he mm-hmm. was absolutely on point once again here. I thought he was fantastic throughout this. Um, Hercules, Hercules Hernandez is a bit of a strange one. I'm not too sure whether... I was really behind him at any given point. He had a couple of good spots, um, but at the end of the day, I think he was very much set up to be the guy that takes the beating for this. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Steamboat basically owns this match. Um, he's really inter- he's just He's just really fun to watch. Again, a high flyer, uh, lots of great spots, um, some really good suplexes, and I I just had a lot of fun with this. Uh, again, I was, really, I was really happy to see another... Just really fun match, especially after one that we we, we really enjoyed as well. Yeah, I, I, Steamboat. I mean, you could you could see it already. Kind of dropped a, a, a bit of weight from WrestleMania one. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. actually, it, it just made them even better because mm. his athleticism was was increased. He was much sharper. Mm. Um, beautiful arm drags. I oh mean, yeah, genuine, yeah. genuine. Oh, Almost work of art. Mm, in a there's wrestling. a nice sequence of them, isn't there? Basically, yes, yeah, there yeah. is. Um, the chain wrestling's a little sloppy at points, but again, I wouldn't necessarily put that down to Steamboat. Hercules Hernandez has always been a kind of generic power guy. Yeah, yeah. It it, it did what it could, but I mean, it, it was never going to be brilliant. And yeah, totally. um, and yeah, I did spend half the match wondering if I was watching Hercules or Eugene. Oh right, okay. Because the the the, the when when they got into the match properly and the hair all kind of puffed out and <laughs> kind of quite some like Eugene's a slightly less well built version of Hercules. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that was that was that was weird. But um, and then the end of the match, I mean, 
Steamboat's crossbody again is just a, it's a work of art. Oh, completely. It's just so graceful. Mm, really, really hits that well. And mm-hmm. I think one of the things I really enjoyed about this, I think at this point, I'm, I'm watching the guys Irish whip each other off the ropes and they are moving so fast, yes. like ridiculous mm-hmm. speeds. And it just really gave it, an, again, a really satisfying thump when they when they connected and it you know it ended in you know suplexes and stuff it was just oh it was really really good fun um yeah again another highlight of the evening um i would happily show people this match uh if i was gonna put it together a classic wrestling highlights reel um this was really good fun um but yeah there you go uh anything else you want to add no, no. Again, the only thing I would say is, as we've said with a lot of these matches, a little too short for my liking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it could have gone a bit longer. That's partly because I could, I think, just in terms of watching these two matches so far, I know we've actually got better Steamboat matches coming up. Yeah, I, yeah. Could, I, could, I think I could watch him all day. Yeah, yeah. No, um, so to see the match go as short as it did, I don't know, what was it, five, six minutes? It's actually a seven-minute match. All right, okay. Mm. That's so slightly longer than I thought. Maybe, but again, maybe that's maybe that's to their credit that they made it seem. Oh, very much so. I think quicker. It, I think knowing that this is one of the longer matches and wanting to see yeah. more of it totally sells that. Like you, yeah. you, you can you can tell that this is a, a real highlight. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, there we go. Right, let us take another break and then we will um, join one of our sort of a give me a come at, give me a. Kia matches of the night with yeah. Adrian Adonis uh, with Jimmy Hart versus Uncle Elmer. He telegraphed the move, Lord, and Ricky Steamboat was able to lift those knees and drill them into his abdominals. You can say that, and now look at Steamboat. Steamboat's heading for the top now, the dragon up to the top rope. Hello and welcome back. So now we are on match 10 of the evening. Uh, This is Adrian Adonis uh, versus Uncle Elmer in a singles match. Uh, No real sort of uh, title stipulation here whatsoever. Um, Adrian Adonis also accompanied by Jimmy Hart, who we uh, saw quite frequently in the first WrestleMania. And we do see him again uh, later on. And he he seems to basically just be the manager of the heels. Um, So Adrian Adonis... Oh, okay. So Adrian Adonis' gimmick is uh, he is the adorable Adrian Adonis. He seems to be dressed like some sort of... It would appear that he looks like a beaten housewife, which is really uncomfortable, actually. Like, he's got this sort of... I'm not entirely sure if the black eye is is painted on. I think it is. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, they've basically set this man up as, like, you know, a housewife who has has been taken a beating and... um, it's a very uncomfortable gimmick to look at. It's got to be said, um, which is a shame yeah. because, he, I mean, he's not particularly built. He's a big guy, um, but if you compare him to his competitor, Uncle Elmer, uh, he is uh, definitely a little bit more spry. Um, so, Uncle Elmer is the face of this match. Uh, he has a big pop when he enters. Uh, obviously, a lot of people behind him. I'm yeah. assuming he's pretty established um, because he's not looking young at this point. Let's put it that way. No. Um, but yeah, he comes out, he comes into the ring and I'm looking at him just going, this, this, this man is very, very out of shape and very big. <laughs> and this, this basically becomes, uh, the, the, the main problem with this match 
It is yeah. a slow, lumbering, boring match. And yeah. so much of it rides on Adonis's uh, gimmick um, and Elmer wanting to sort of like um, humiliate him. So he, at one point he sort of uh, tears uh, Adonis's dress off him and yeah. then mm-hmm. he eventually sort of sheds it and gets even more camp, actually. It was a bizarre sort of a <laughs> um, <laughs> result of that. Um, but yeah, an awful lot of this is spent just sort of running around. Adonis keeps getting like chucked out of the ring. And fair play to him because he's really taken some big falls um, yeah. and fallen onto concrete. And um, so it's very so- it's another sort of chicken shit match. He's he's running around. Uh, Jimmy Hart's calling him, like saying, come on, you you know, you can do it. You can do it. Get back in the ring. You, you've, you've got a chance, despite the fact that he clearly does not have a chance against this immovable <laughs> object. Um, and he really is an object. There is not much to Uncle Elmer whatsoever. He's... No. <sighs> I I I'm very surprised that he got such a big pop as a face. Um, I can't see yeah, I the appeal to him at all. No, no, I was I was I'd never heard of the guy before. And mm. as far as again, he's another one who, as far as I know, kind of disappeared off the scene not long after this. Mm. And considering he wasn't at the first WrestleMania, I'm not sure how much he was on the scene before it. I don't know. Did they just buy into this hillbilly gimmick? For, um, well, I'm looking into it now, and apparently Uncle Elmer was was with the WWE from only for only two years, 1985 to 1986. Um, right. Okay. And yeah, highlights of his career are this match. So um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'd want to be remembered for this match above anything else. But uh, this is over again, ridiculously fast. It's a three minute match. It spent we spend most of the time just chucking Adonis out of the ring until. Uh, we get a very disappointing end to this, and Adonis doesn't deserve to win this at all. Um, yeah, he spends so much of the time getting beaten down, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he wins, and it's like, okay, uh, I really don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, if, if you're going to take any positives out of the match, it's the fact that Adonis, again, throughout his punishment and it proves that he's actually a pretty good bumper mm. for a relatively big man. Yeah, yeah. Um kinda got shades of uh like gold dust. Yeah, them. oh I can see that. They're definitely yeah, they're going for that weird that thing. A, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um didn't get that finisher at all. It was some kind of weird half headbutt, half splash. Yeah. It just... it, yeah, you're right again it just Kind of in fitting with the show, unfortunately. Um, another weird finish. Yeah, very it much. Kind so. of came very abruptly. No, it's a real shame. Um, because at this point in the in the evening, I'm getting pretty sick of this. <laughs> it's you know we're ten matches in. We're we're having disappointing endings like this to matches, and this is you know we're so hyped that high up the card now, and this this feels like you know pre-show match, not. Stuff that should be ten show ten matches in, um, yeah, mm-hmm. just just really disappointing. Um, and again, we we have now killed all the hype that we've had off those two fantastic matches prior. And it's a yeah, just a real real shame. Um, yes. Right before we go into the penultimate match of the evening, uh, we better talk about the second Hogan promo of the evening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, this is with Lord Alfred Hayes. And again, just kills it. It's really good fun to watch him on the mic. Uh, really entertaining, and just it sells sells how you know important this is to him. Um, 
it's a shame yeah. that there is another Hogan promo after this because it, this I can understand if you want to hype your main event. Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. maybe give it a more time, give it a little bit more time in the promos. But by the time the third promo comes around, it really does feel like all right, calm down. You know, we've 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 beaten <laughs> yeah. this to death now. We know how important this is to Hogan. We can see the man's in shape. But um, yeah, I think he's a lot better on the mic. Uh, in these in these little interview promos than he is in the last one, just because he gets to be his character. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, it's a like I say, it's 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 almost spoiled a little bit by the third one, but we'll get to that. Um, but yes, let's yeah. take a short break and then we will talk another tag team match, bizarrely not for the title, um, especially this high up of the card. This is the Funk Brothers, Terry and Hoss versus Junkyard Dog and Tito Santana. So much cellulite in one place at one time. I don't think. As, uh, Between the both of them. Oh no! I was just talking about Adonis. Adonis going to the top rope. He's a splash from Adonis. Ow. And a kind of a headbutt. He's holding him down. He got him. I'll tell you what. For all you might not like Adrian Adonis, but when it comes to wrestling, leg warmers and all, he's a very dangerous man. Hello, back once again. So we are on the penultimate match of tonight's proceedings, and this is the Funk Brothers versus Junkyard Dog and Tito Santana. Now, when I saw that Tito and uh, JYD were together as a tag team, I was like, oh yes, let's have some of this. <laughs> we enjoy- yeah. I enjoyed them a lot from WrestleMania 1, so seeing them together as a tag team was, uh, was pretty special. And also, yeah. this, is, um, this is the earliest uh, I've ever seen Terry Funk wrestle actually like this is very very sort of yes. pre pre mm-hmm. chainsaw charlie mm-hmm. and things like that and um yeah. it was really interesting to see because um yeah uh, no offense to terry he probably wrestled a little bit too long um he, yes. he that man mm-hmm. very much lives and breathes wrestling and um yeah it was it was it was really good to see him in his heyday essentially um because it, he he brings a lot to the table and um i think it, there are definitely shades of his more sort of hardcore style, uh, which comes later on into, into his career um, in this match. But uh, they have to yeah, turn it down a little bit to, to, to make it WWE friendly, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yes, uh, and the other thing is as well, Terry goes over the top an awful lot during this match lots of times. <laughs> Again, taking yeah. lots of big bumps, really selling it. Um, but uh, as a side effect of that, he's, this, they spend an awful lot of time out of the ring in this match. I, did, I don't know if you yes. really noticed that as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which is a shame because um, I think, yeah, Santana and JYD absolutely rock it this match. They're really good when they're, yeah. when they're mm-hmm. wrestling. Um, there's some really hot tags between the two of them. Um, some really great stuff. And uh, yeah, I, I, again, this it's strange because... I was having an awful lot of fun with this match, but I think its pacing's a bit off. Um, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame because I would have liked to have seen more actual wrestling, more time spent in the ring, because I felt like this had something going for it. But um, yeah, a strange one. And a, a disappointing end as well. I didn't feel like the the Funk Brothers really deserved the win. Um it, yeah, no, I, I, I actually put that down. I don't know if this is the case or not from around the time. I don't know what happens either side of WrestleManias at this point in time, mm-hmm. but I'd, I'd put it, I'd actually taken a note that it seemed something of an upset at the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially when you consider the fact that 
TO had not long come off an intercontinental run. JYD had been in the intercontinental picture. Yeah, yeah. Both of them insanely over with the crowd. Oh, very much um, so. Yeah, yeah. TO actually turns out I'm a really big fan of Tito Santana's oh, in-ring work. Yeah, completely. I mean, um, um, I was impressed with him in, rest, in, in, in Mania 1, but again, like, he really just goes to town here. And yeah, I, I don't yeah. know, he's looking a little bit more toned. Um, and yes. it, yeah, it just shows he's really, really fast, really aggressive, and just sells it so damn good. Um, yeah, it's, again... Like I've already said, I really I did enjoy this match quite a lot, but it did feel like the pacing was a bit off because you spend an awful lot of time outside the ring, which is a shame. And yeah, again, I'm not massively into the end. Um, I did like um, shades of uh, Chainsaw Charlie with the with the uh, chairs and the hitting the table outside and stuff. It was really <laughs> really sort of hardcore in um, its purest form. And again, like mm-hmm. nice to, nice to see a slam onto the table and the table not give way. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of interesting. Um, yeah, it's funny when that happens now. It's considered a botch. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. that's you know that's probably going to appear in a botch mania video at some point. <laughs> but um, I it doesn't it didn't feel like a botch to me. It just felt like you know he was using uh, the, what he had around him at the time, sort of thing. So yeah, uh, mm-hmm. no, I mean fun fun match, but just a bit of a limp ending, I think. Um, which of course elicited uh, more bullshit chance. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, actually it did. Um, so yeah, a bit, bit of a strange one that. Yeah. Right, we're going into main event time. We'll have a short break and then we will talk Hulk Hogan versus King Kong Bundy with Bobby Heenan. Junkyard dog now. He's got his back turned to Terry Funk. And Hart throws him that infernal instrument. Oh! Brilliant. And welcome back. Right, this is it. This is main event time. This is Hulk Hogan versus King Kong Bundy with Bobby Heenan in a steel cage match for the WWE Championship. Well, WWF Championship at this point. Uh, and we have Robert Conrad as the special guest referee. Um, again, not particularly familiar with uh, what that man is famous for. But um, speaking of other people that are involved, we have a guest announcer... Tommy Lasorda, Tommy Lagorda, something like that. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. Tom, timekeeper Ricky Schroeder, and yeah, I think that's everybody involved. Again, another excuse to have a load of big names be involved. Uh, yeah. But prior to this, we have the third promo, <laughs> as Andy <laughs> has put it, uh, with an exclamation mark. So yeah, it's a bit <laughs> strange. I understand. Again, we're trying to build hype for this match, but. We've had two pretty good um, interview promos with Hogan at this point, and he gets to, you know, work his lungs and generally just be the character that he is. And in this one, we're really selling the fact that he's uh, injured at this point. So it it takes place in a gym where he's working out, sort of getting, uh, you know, recovering from the damage that Bundy has previously done to him. And... um, his doctor, I say in inverted commas, is there, uh, basically saying like uh, he 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 might be permanently injured if he competes and all this rubbish. And um, <laughs> it's very clear that Hogan actually isn't injured. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's just drawn out and unnecessary. 
and it's already kind of killed the the fact that there was some pretty decent promos prior to this with Hogan alone. Um, it, we basically just spend an awful lot of time basically saying that, yeah, Bundy's going to be working his midsection a bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, a bit of a shame. Uh, it was uh, nice to see Ventura again because uh, again he's he's great on the mic. He's very entertaining. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just unnecessary. I think in the in the grand scheme of things, we didn't need a third Hogan promo at this point. No, no. Especially as the main event is basically following this, so you know we're we're, full, <laughs> we're fully aware of what is going to happen. Um, yeah. But anyway, let's talk about the match first. So I'm assuming this is pretty early uh, days for the steel cage match um, because um, they actually. The commentators are actually talking about the fact that this ma- this cage is in- <laughs> reinforced because Bundy yeah. <laughs> is such a big dude. Um, I was I've actually written in my notes. Um, it it would appear that the cage basically is just my old primary school gym equipment tied to the stage. <laughs> it really they, that's all they've done. And when Hogan comes out to the ring, he actually shakes the side of the cage, and it's really loose. Like there's no there's lots of give to it. There's <laughs> it's there's there's not really going to be much no, actual damage to these guys. <laughs> yeah, I did worry that it was uh, at several points that it was going to do more damage to the crowd. Well, no, it probably wasn't going to do damage to the crowd because of how far back they were and the fact that there wasn't really a crowd. Yeah, yeah, well, this is But the- if there had been a crowd, then <laughs> it did, must admit there, was, there were points where Hogan was shaking it where I was thinking, yeah, I'd move out the way if I was yeah, you. Yeah, I'd get out of the way. Uh, I think Elvira actually calls it as well. I was like, I hope that doesn't fall down on us. Um, and okay. yeah, they're probably in the far in line more than anybody else in the arena at this point. Um, but yeah, uh, so this is very much a um, sort of... I suppose there's a, a bit of a story uh, to this because it's coming off the back of an injury. Um, Bundy and Hogan obviously have history at this point. Um, and we spend an awful lot of time on that midsection trying to incapacitate Hogan so that Bundy can climb out the door during this match. Because uh, if you're not familiar with cage matches, basically the way you win it is leaving by the door or going over the top. Um yeah. Bundy being a big guy and that stable cage not looking particularly uh, stable, I always <laughs> imagined he was probably going to go through the door. And lo and behold, uh, he basically favours that the entire match. Um, I was also surprised that the cage actually isn't that high. Uh, it's really low. Um, there's, <laughs> yeah. you, you, if you fell from the top of this cage, you was, you're probably not going to do much uh, any more damage than you would going over the top rope. Um, so, yeah, strange, strange to see. Um, yeah. But... The problem with this match in particular is that, um, I mean, we we saw Bundy compete in WrestleMania 1, and that match is over within seconds. Sure. And it's, it comes apparent pretty quickly in this match as to why that match was so short. Because yeah. Bundy <laughs> really can't hold it for a match this long. This is an 11-minute match. Bundy sure. looks pretty tired for a good, good amount of it. And... Yeah. Um, at one point as well, uh, there's the, we see some red. Uh, Hogan smashes Bundy's head into the cage, and mm-hmm. um, I'm assuming he blades. And we get some, uh, we get some, we get the old uh, scarlet uh, shower down his face. And it's, yeah, I mean, uh, again, I was I was pretty shocked to see that this early in um, you know WWE's history. Mm-hmm. And again, what with this being a big family event, it was a. Uh, it was uh, pretty interesting to see, but um, yeah. I suppose I'm a little bit more familiar with uh, uh, blood and just the old uh, Scarlet Shower 
um, a little bit more than I am uh, foaming at the mouth, which I thought was a little bit more shocking earlier on. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, there are some good moments in this. I, there's a couple of fun spots. Hogan's yeah. really fun to watch, actually. It's, he's, it's, it's very obvious why this man is the face of the company. Uh, yeah, he yeah. is... He, he absolutely sells it. Um, the thing he didn't sell too well is um, the the fact that the cage is so close to the ropes. They they're very delicate with their Irish whips so that they don't sure. whip themselves just into the cage. Yeah. Um, they spend more time sort of like Irish whipping uh, the other wrestler, sort of like face first into the cage for uh, mm-hmm. for for, mm-hmm. for a nice sort of smash uh, yeah. effect. Um, but yeah, I don't know, like. This this felt really sort of underwhelming, to, to be honest with you. Um, it was yeah. very slow. There wasn't there wasn't a lot of great spots. Um, it it felt like this. They were obviously going for the uphill struggle for Hogan. You know, it was like this. Yeah. this mm-hmm. Bundy's mm-hmm. this big mountainous dude, and Hogan's going to have a hard time against him. But to be honest with you, I thought Hogan looked like he was a lot better throughout the entire match, and um, that Bundy was basically just attempting to get out the door for most of it um it it struck it was it was it was it was a bit disappointing to see because bundy is he he was pretty good in his promo he's um yeah he's clearly um a good heel actually like he's he definitely sell it they definitely sell him as a very good heel um Mm -hmm. catches a lot of heat and he just didn't feel like he got enough chances to be a heel in this outside of him taking off the bandage in this in the middle of the match yeah it's, it's kind of the problem with the steel cage as a match is the fact that to make effective use of it both competitors kind of have to do heelish things and mm. therefore it takes away from the heel aspect of the heel yeah that's a it very good point beca- actually. It, it just becomes something they've got they've got to do um mm. you know to hogan to be fair, Hogan, even as a face, has always been had some fairly heelish moves in yeah, his yeah. repertoire. You know, the rake down the back, the mm. poke of the eyes, things like that. But in this case, it became even more kind of prevalent that mm-hmm. it was difficult to tell that Bundy was a real heel simply for the fact that, you know, it was basically doing what you have to do in a cage match. Yeah, yeah. And I don't um, think it. I don't think it helps as well that Bundy was seeing red. I think uh, if if Hogan had been cut open, I think you could have uh, sold yeah. Bundy better as a heel. Sure. And yeah. Um, yeah, I think as soon as I saw the blood, I kind of I kind of knew how this was going to go. And again, um, we sort of returned to commentary with um, uh, Vince and what's the woman's name Susan St James sorry and she yes. uh, basically Vince asks her prior uh, to ask him, who, like, who, who, who are you who are you betting on for this and she just goes Hogan straight away it's like oh Hogan why Why wouldn't <laughs> why wouldn't he why wouldn't he win I mean um, <laughs> uh, it's just <sighs> yeah nothing nothing like selling your monster as oh, not a monster exactly that um, so yeah <laughs> it was it was an obvious uh, result from the get go Hogan does win this uh, Bundy doesn't really get an awful lot of time to, to be the guy that he is, there's 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 an avalanche at one point, um, and yeah, mm-hmm. he, I mean Hogan does take those well, and yeah. Bundy is a beast of a man. There's, I, I wouldn't want to be behind him when sure. <laughs> when, uh, when those things go down. But yeah, um, yeah it was um, it was a very underwhelming 
uh, end to the proceedings. It's got to be said. Yeah, it's it, it was a reasonable match, but it's not a main event match. No, um, not at all. I'm I'm looking through my notes here, and yeah, pretty much every note I've written down is about Hogan. You know, you're right. Bundy didn't get a huge amount of time, other than the Avalanche, to kind of show what he was capable of. Yeah. Um, I liked that Hogan came out of the gate early in the match. I thought that sold the desperation of his situation, trying mm. to end it before Bundy could kind of get to the injury. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought they used the cage well enough. It was nice and simple. None of the kind of creative uses you see for cage matches nowadays. Oh, of course. But yeah, uh, we're establishing it at this point, so it makes sense. Sure. Uh, the blood sold the danger of it quite well. I thought whether the blood was intentional or not, I thought it was it gave, probably gave the crowd a little bit of oh right okay this cage match is maybe more dangerous than we thought. Yep, yep. Um, and then just it was a nice kind of what is what eventually kind of led to the end of the match. Hogan hulking up after taking the avalanche, kind of standard. Uh, nice scoop power slammer, Bundy. Oh yeah, and yeah. Then, then straight into the leg drop, and then obviously as he was kind of climbing out of the cage, Bundy took quite a good bump from the the top rope. Oh yes, as, yeah, yeah. As Hogan kind of kicked him off. Yep. It's kind of sad that that's the only note I've got down for Bundy that the best thing he did in the match was bump. Yeah, and he did bump well, but it's a shame he didn't really get a chance to be a heel and there was lots of opportunities for him, to, for him to be really aggressive and really you know like take the match in his under his wing sort of thing and uh, you know yeah. uh, mm-hmm. dominate it for a bit before like Hogan had you know hulked up and and had 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 his comeback but um um i suppose at the same in a weird way the fact that it didn't do that was a little bit more believable um yes it would have felt a little bit sort of super cena in a weird way if he if if it went that way um but no, I, I enjoyed it for what it was. Uh, it yeah. wasn't mm-hmm. by any means the worst match of the evening, but it wasn't by any means the best match by any chance. Um, so yeah, I, I'd say at least an above average <laughs> for this. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there you go. That is WrestleMania 2. And um, on a whole, I thought this was a pretty disappointing pay-per-view. I mean, if we're going to compare them, I'd say... WrestleMania 1, I was surprised by. I thought it had some really good matches. I'd say that was a yeah. solid mm-hmm. sort of 7 out of 10, maybe. Yeah. And yeah. Um, 2 actually probably feels like a 2 out of 10, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's, there are two very good matches in amongst the uh, mayhem that's happening this yeah. evening. Mm-hmm. Um, but sadly, they are 2 out of 12 matches, which means that there are 10 either average or pretty bad matches for you to get through and uh that's that's just not that's just, that's no good for me i wouldn't no, recommend uh, anybody watch this pay-per-view as a starting point uh for sort of classic classic wrestling however if we were going to recommend matches we would i think we'd both basically say british bulldogs versus the dream team is yes. a absolute fantastic match uh yeah, really absolutely. really worth watching mm-hmm. and i would also very much recommend watching ricky steamboat versus uh hercules and andes because that is an awful lot of fun um is, yeah. Mm-hmm. so yeah how about you uh yeah I'd, I'd, based on those two matches i'd probably score it slightly higher i'd, I'd maybe go a, a, a four okay, okay. Uh, there are a couple of other reasonable but not brilliant matches. Muller's match was quite good, too short. Yep. And this was the problem with with other matches in it. Um 
the three I, I just think the the three city thing completely killed any momentum they were getting very much so it. very much you, so you, you look at the wrestlemania that's just passed and again they had their mo- they had their wee down spells in it but they always had their tentpole moments that kind of get the crowd back into it yep, and yep. that was normally enough to keep the momentum going oh, into yeah, yeah. the next match this had nothing of the sort um you know, each city was basically coming into this thing cold. Yeah, yeah. Um, standout performers, yeah, again. The the Bulldogs versus the Dream Team for it's genuinely one of the best tag matches I've seen in, in years. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and not even, like, for its time. I think you could happily put yeah, that... Mm-hmm. If you if you put together a tag best of tag team matches, highlights, DVD or something... Um, you could happily put that match against um, any of the tag matches that are currently doing the uh, doing the rounds uh, in, yeah. mm-hmm. in modern era, and it wouldn't look out of place. I thought it was a really fun, really intense match. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just uh, the whole thing felt a little. Uh, I suppose that's the the danger when you're holding it more than one set at a time. But it was just really kind of ramshackle at mm. points. Uh, uh, the tone wasn't great throughout the thing. Yep. Production values were poor. Mm. Um, half a crowd being missing in LA was oh, criminal. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Um, and so going from memory at the moment, because obviously we'll, we'll need to go back through and watch some of these other WrestleManias, mm-hmm. two's probably the worst WrestleMania of all time. Really? Yeah. I mean, there's. A, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking back. You could maybe you'll maybe be able to make the argument that some of the ones after ten and before thirteen, so like eleven and twelve. Okay. You could maybe make an argument for one of those two, but the, again, twelve has kind of some memorable moments. Eleven's maybe the only one that will really come close, but yeah, just uh, hugely disappointing, unfortunately. Well, in a weird way, it's kind of nice that we've got uh, the chuff out of the way because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've got some stuff to look forward to now. Um, But there you go. That was WrestleMania 2. We have been Lewis Clark and Andy Manson, and this has been The Bar Podcast Episode 2. If you would like to uh, follow us on various social media, you can do so via Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the bar Godcast. You can do so at uh, Twitter as well, the same extension, twitter.com forward slash the bar the bar Godcast. Hey, (laughs) there we go. Get it out eventually. It is hard to say, it's got to be said. And, um, Please go and subscribe to uh, to the podcast on iTunes. We do really appreciate the support. And if iTunes is not your thing, you can also find us on SoundCloud. So there you go. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, this has been the Bar Godcast episode two, and we will see you next time for well WrestleMania three. Have a good time.